How you doing? You okay? Anybody else want a UFO to come snatch him up and take him away? That would be... I'm so open to it. I am so open to it. Why not? You know? Why not? I know what's going on on this planet. I'm open to the possibility. It could be great wherever they take me. I don't really know what I have to offer the extraterrestrial community i can uh i can do a impeccable winged eyeliner if that's something that appeals to them i um i can make very simple mexican food i can i'm pretty good at mashing up some avocados i know the right spices i know some secrets to put in there <sighs> i don't know but we came here to talk about all things paranormal. And I love you all. Um, that's not the end of the show. We got a lot coming at you because I've got part two with Aaron <clears throat> Sagers. And, uh, you know, Aaron's a pop culture journalist, hosts a podcast, is on the TV show paranormal caught on camera i mean aaron has done a million things has had a ton of experiences and has a lot of insight on the paranormal and especially as it relates to pop culture and i was thinking you know i could take i could take a couple minutes to talk a bit here at the top of the show what could i talk about and i started thinking about horror movies or movies in general that are inspired uh by true quote-unquote paranormal experiences, which, you know what I always say, when they say a movie is based on a true story, so are my wigs. Okay, they're based on a true story. I don't know if I believe it, but, you know, it usually starts with, with something, a seed of truth. And I was, I was thinking about this one that I don't think I've ever talked about on the show. It's not, it's certainly, it's a tragic story, it's the story that inspired the Spanish film Veronica, Veronica, which is on, um, it, was a, it came out on Netflix a couple of years ago. It's been a while, but it's real scary. I remember when it first came out, everyone was just like going crazy. The scariest movie I've ever seen, that kind of talk. And it is actually based on a true story. In fact, the, the director of it, he has said in interviews that it's it's such a well-known story in Spain that, you know, how it is, people kind of, they play that game of telephone and they they add their own details. So this is like his interpretation. It's not a, it's not a biographical film. But the real story is that this teen girl named Estefania, she... Um, was playing around with the Ouija board, which, you know, of course, I've, I've made it a mission as the course of this podcast has gone along that I don't want to keep pushing that Ouija boards are bad and that they cause demons to possess you and, and that kind of a thing. Maybe it's a coincidence. I don't know. But um, it's what they believe caused this the story. So some details may be hazy here, but essentially what the story is that I've read online, of course, never take facts from me, but she was living in a suburb of Madrid and she's playing around with a Ouija board. She did a seance at her school and she was trying to contact a friend's boyfriend who died in a motorcycle accident and a nun came in and I, I mean, I'm guessing that she went to a Catholic school 
or unless it was just some nun roaming around. Uh, but she, the nun, apparently smashed the Ouija board. And some say that there was a white smoke that kind of came out of the Ouija board. This is what this is what I read online, and she inhaled it. This is what some this is what some say. Now she reported Estefania that she was seeing dark shadows, figures walking around the house. Of course, you know, evil, evil, evil. Um, she was having seizures and full-on manic fits. She would, she would really start to act out. And her parents were taking her to all these different doctors, different specialists, and they were like, I don't know. They, it's not a, they're not finding some kind of mental problem. So, so, so it just kind of went on. Like, oh, there, she's got, there's just, she's seeing these dark energies. And um, so, again, I told you it's tragic. She, um, she did die. And her parents believed that it was some to, something to do with evil that caused her to die. And what, what makes this real spooky is that the cops would come to the, were called to the house because after she died, her parents were reporting that there was some banging noises. They were, they were seeing these shadows. One thing I read was that they were hearing screams from Estefania, like kind of, kind of situation after she had already passed. And when they had the police come, the police also saw and heard these experiences and they actually did like an official police report saying that they, that they experienced it. One report says that there was a photograph of Estefania that fell off an end table and burst into flames. Oh, my God. So, anyway, scary story. (laughs) There's another report that... uh, when the police officers came by, they saw a crucifix that was on the wall and uh, it snapped in half. I've, I've also read that the, the Jesus po- popped off of the, the crucifix itself. So it's sad. It's scary. It seems to be a very mysterious story that has a lot of different reports on it. Um, of course, I want to be respectful of this being a real person and a real family. Uh, I really struggled to find like an official report about this, so I, I don't know. But apparently, the the facts are she was a teen living at home with her parents, played with a Ouija board. Also, she uh, she was into reading books about the occult and and doing all kinds of stuff, and she did have seizures. She died mysteriously. It was, uh, I guess, cardiac arrest, I I think. Um, But they don't know exactly. And then the house was haunted afterwards. But there's like all kinds of stories about this. I mean, there's even stories like there were scratches on the walls um, after of her bedroom after she died that would appear. Like there's a lot going on here. So I don't know the official story, but those, those key points seem to be true. Anyway, and you should watch that movie separate from this, you know. There's that show that I've talked about before called Cursed Films, and there's the second season recently came out on Shudder. The first season's more about, like, weird kind of paranormal things that happen on the sets of horror movies. And the second season, it's, like, way just, they just stepped it up. It's, like, it's just gorgeous and and interesting and... And it's great, but um, not so much paranormal, I wouldn't say. Maybe a little bit, but not a ton. But I was watching the one about Rosemary's Baby. They talk about, you know, that movie. It's, I believe just the exterior shots are of the Dakota in New York City. 
Now, I was thinking about that also because I talked to Aaron today who lives in New York and we kind of on today's episode talk about haunted places in New York a little bit and ones that you don't hear about enough. Uh, One of them being the Dakota, which is a very famous place. I mean, it's also sadly where um, John Lennon was living when he was shot right outside. Uh, But this place has been haunted for a long time. I was looking it up and... uh, there's. I was reading a story in uh, the 1960s. There was a construction worker that was working on the apartments, and he saw what he says was a figure of. It, it, it looked like a the body of a man, but the face of a young boy. So that ghost got the right Botox, and um, there's just like tons and tons and tons of different stories of this place. I mean, it's, it's a huge building. Uh, they say that there's a little girl that people see running around in period clothing, waving her arms and smiling. This is all from nyghost.com. Some say that John Lennon's ghost is there, but something real interesting is that John Lennon apparently reported seeing supernatural supernatural stuff when he was alive it says here he claimed that he saw a UFO uh, from one of the windows of the apartment in the Dakota building. He also repeatedly met a ghost that he called the crying lady ghost. She was said to be lurking benevolently in the hallways of the older parts of the by now extended and modified building. This story, this man, Frederick and his wife, Susanna, went on record reporting that they saw lights of a chandelier in their living room and they don't have any chandeliers. So they saw this from outside of their apartment. And when they went in, there were no lights on, but they did notice that on the ceiling, there was a a patched up set of bolts where a chandelier once was hanging. A ghost chandelier. Okay, see ya. I mean, okay. Stories. Story, story time, time. It is time for me to conclude my conversation with Aaron Sagers. And um, as always, go to patreon.com slash rosdresfiles for bonus content from me this week. I have a new full-on episode. Last week, I did an episode about the Bermuda Triangle. I learned a lot. What's going on out there? Anyway... I hope you enjoy this part two conversation with Aaron. So here I am with Aaron Sagers. Sagers. On with the show. Well, when you said that when you were younger, there were malevolent malevolent experiences. What what do you mean by that? It's, It's stuff that I'm still exploring and trying to uncover. But I will say that my brother... My oldest brother, I'm the youngest of five kids. My eldest brother intentionally tried to stir up negativity when he was younger. He was a really angry kid, as a lot of teenagers might be. And he says that he actively tried to summon something. And weird stuff started happening in our house. And I, again, I was very young, so I recall some of this. But some of it I didn't quite process until I was a little bit older and some of it I'm still trying to unpack, honestly. But I can say that there was at least uh, a couple of experiences, at least two or three experiences that I personally recall of seeing a form of some sort in my house. And what's, what's kind of funny to me is that I'm, I talk a little bit more about it now, but for most of my work in the paranormal, I didn't talk about it. I didn't talk about my own stuff. It was more about interviewing other people, getting other people's stories, talking about other cultures. That was, that was my drive, but I kind of reached a point not too long ago where I was forced to start talking about these things and confronting some of those, uh, personal demons, I guess you would say. And, uh, so I'm, I'm still trying to get to the bottom of it and I'm in the process of kind of interviewing various family members and, and sussing out more of those details. But yeah, I do recall seeing a, a form with some sort of like 
almost like Halloween mask type of face, like this almost rubbery theatrical kind of like creature feature mask, except atop a very elongated body. And this was in the door frame of my childhood home. I slept on the, the lower bunk and I shared a room with my, my older brother, but um, yeah. And that's actually something where I wonder whatever this thing was, was it presenting itself in a way that my brain was, was able to process it? Like, you know, think of a monster. Okay. Here's a picture of a monster that's going to be appearing to you. I don't know. It's, it's still a mystery, a personal mystery. I'm trying to figure out. Ooh. Well, of course I want answers. I want you to get to the bottom. I'm of working that. on it. And then I'm actually, I'm trying to write a book about it because I feel like now is the time I've reached the point where now is the time to, uh, you know, I've gotten older and years of therapy, not, not for that, but just, you know, years of trying to be a well-adjusted person. I'm like, you know what, maybe uh-huh. talking about past and upbringing stuff is it's a good time to do it. Yeah, definitely. I wanted to ask you about living in New York. It's so strange because, you know, I talk to a lot of bi-coastal people or people that have lived in New York and I don't ever, I mean, I have, but like not enough New York ghost stories. Mm -hmm. I just don't get them. Is it, and I know that there's so many haunted places in New York, but I don't know what it is. I guess people are, they're just on the go and they're not paying attention to the ghosts around them or what, but they're just not telling me them. Yeah. So I was wondering if you had any. Yeah. I, I First off, I think that's a, a, a really keen observation and it's one that I share. I, for all the travel I do, all the talks I do, even though I've lived in New York for a long time, I do the least amount of paranormal talks and stuff in New York. And I think part of it is people are on the go. I think part of it is maybe there's just a built up shield or more uh, cynicism, which is a survival tactic in New York. So I get it. Maybe part of it is that, you know, you just don't really have time for uh, not just hustle and bustle, but sort of like, it's yet another thing. So you don't talk to everyone on the subway. You know, you just need to put up your shield and be like, all right, I just got to go about my business. Maybe it's that way with ghosts as well. Um, but for me, I will say that I've had weird experiences in the various apartments I've lived in. Uh, in fact, I currently, the, the place where I'm in, in Brooklyn, I came back after a long absence away from my place and as I was returning to this apartment, the lady that owns the building texted me saying, you know, Aaron, are you home? I didn't think you're going to be home until next week. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not home yet. I'll be there in a, you know, in a few days. Well, who's in your apartment? I'm like, I don't know who is in my apartment. And she was like, oh, go check. She's like, there's no one up there. It's strange. And I'm like, okay. She's like, but I heard someone moving around. Like, okay, that is odd. And then when I returned to this location, I uh, I was going through the process of like putting some stuff back after being away for a while, like putting a charger here and there. And I put a couple chargers on my bed and I crawl under the bed to access an outlet. Okay. I just wanted to plug a thing under there. So, you know, I reach up, I grab a charger, I'm under the bed, I'm trying to plug it. I'm like, okay, that one doesn't work set it aside, reach back up to try to grab the other one that I brought out. Can't find it. Flopping around in my bed. Okay. Where, where to go? Where I, I just put that thing onto my bed. Where'd it go? Stand up. It's not there. And then I start walking around and then it's in another part of the apartment entirely. Sure. Maybe I could have forgotten it there, but I know that I brought these chargers to test out which one and set them on my bed. And then I go to take a shower and I hear something on the other side of the shower curtain and I poke my head out and I have kind of old school water taps and both the water taps are turned on full blast on the basin, which even if I had left water on, I wouldn't have, you know, had a full blast, both hot and cold at the same time. So the water is pouring out, which just annoyed me because I'm like, that's just a waste of water. And, uh-huh. and then like other things would happen. Like, at one point that all I walked uh, into the place and all the cabinets were open and 
it was almost like after being away for a while, something else had just like settled in there and I was disturbing its space. So then I'm just like, look, I'm back. So you're going to stick around here. You know, you gotta, we gotta deal with one another. So, uh, best get used to it kind of thing. Ghost party's over. He's back. Yeah, exactly. All right. Wrap it up, everybody. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But yeah, New York, I think there's a lot of cool stuff going on and, it's just you have to sort of be open to to observing some of it. Yeah, because if you think about it, it's like, the, first of all, it's so old. There's most apartments have probably had a couple of people's entire lifetimes sure. lived in them. Uh, so you would think that definitely apartments, but then public places. I mean, part of the reason why I don't really ever want to live in New York is just because I don't like being around people so often yeah. uh in close proximity to people and i wonder if that messes with your perception of um energy because you're constantly around other people's energies i don't know maybe that's a theory i think i think i'm working on no it. i think that's a pretty good idea because as it is it's overwhelming being surrounded by eight and a half million living people that you can, yeah. that you don't want to reach out and touch that are around you constantly and in your space and interacting with your energy. So when you're fo- so focused on, I mean, think about it. When we think about the classic haunted house, it's typically the old abandoned house or the empty house or whatever, where that energy pops and stands out, not typically very busy locations where the living are still active. So I think there's mm-hmm. something to your theory about all the living energy kind of upsets the dynamic a little bit. So maybe you're just less in tune to the other stuff going on. But I do think not just not just your kind of traditional idea of a ghost. I think there's a lot of stuff that is existing in New York. And I think there's probably, uh, you know, things like uh, Men in Black. You know, I, I find it so fascinating to think like, you know, who knows, maybe there are things like aliens or whatever just existing alongside us and we're not even noticing. I have at least one time in my life encountered a human being where I'm like, I don't think that that person is from here. I don't know what where they're from, but I don't know. I think that about uh, Senator Rick Scott from my home state of Florida. I think, <laughs> except I think like that guy looks so much like a badly disguised alien that he looks like the the human suit is just ill-fitting that his other alien buddies his other reptilian uh brethren have to call him up and say like hey rick you're a little too on the nose uh with your you, you look a little too much like an alien you need to blend in a little bit more also maybe stop being such a fascist Well, I was just thinking recently, like, obviously extraterrestrial life forms are so advanced. Why do they not know? Like, look at look at the prosthetics that they put on every actress these days that, you know, you can't see the seams. I don't see why these aliens aren't doing that. Well, when they're you know, they abduct people, they take them up there, do a cast of their face and then just plop that on yours. Yeah, I mean. A lot of the classic, when you look at the writings of John Keel and the, when these classic men in black interactions, they are they do typically behave in an odd fashion, slightly out of the ordinary. Like they're figuring out how to move about in these bodies and how to walk and talk and seem, uh, quote unquote, normal. It, yeah, it seems like they're just not so great at it. Uh, but you would think that yeah, you would think that the technology would allow them to be, I don't know, or maybe they just don't care. Maybe they're just like, whatever, you know, nobody's going to believe this crackpot that's had the experience interacting with, you know, crazy alien uh, me. Let's make this like a reality show. Send me up there. I'll be the human um consultant. I'll teach them. This is how we walk. This is how we talk. And then I'll just make a... I'll make a whole species of drag queen aliens to come down here. And, yeah. Um, it, take over. It could be like, 
is it cake except with aliens? You know, spot the is it human? Yeah, is it human? And although the flip side of that is that you need these diversions, you need the the aliens that stand out as the wacky ones that are just so bad at acting human. So that, that way we're focusing on that one and then not noticing all the ones that are perfectly blending in. Yes. The decoy. Yeah. Um, well, going back to New York, I, one thing that I feel like we can count on with New York ghosts is theaters. And I'm a big theater fan and I love to hear about haunted New York Broadway theaters and, have you had experiences with them? I haven't had experiences with haunted New York theaters, but uh, I was, a, it was like a double major of journalism and theater, both very practical double majors uh, in undergrad. <laughs> uh, but so I, I was definitely a theater kid. So I did a lot of work in theaters and I've been in many, including there was one in Tifton, Georgia, I was in a theater in Tifton, Georgia, and I think I was locking up for whatever reason. Maybe I was a stage manager on a play and I was locking up one night and theaters are great places, but they also can be a creepy place. And I remember I was on stage or whatever and looked up and I thought I'd see I saw someone in the uh, the lighting booth and went up there. No one was supposed to be up there and I was supposed to shut down anyhow and no one was up there. And just getting that sense, that overwhelming sense of like, not only like not being alone as if someone is like right behind you in the booth. And it was uh, just a super creepy experience where I was like, well, turning off all the lights, getting out of here real fast. Sort of the, I'm not going to run, but I'm almost about to run out of here. And that, you know, again, long before I did anything involved in the paranormal professionally, having that vibe of a place in a theater. So wasn't in New York, but definitely a cool, creepy uh, theater experience. I mean, I relate to you on, it's like you grow up Catholic that kind of sets the, the roots of believing in this stuff. And then if you go into theater after that, which I've known a lot of people that have done both of those things. And it just seems like you're, you just encounter goes. Wow. You're just like, they just seem to all be haunted. I think maybe it's also that when you're a person in a creative endeavor, you're perhaps already wired to be more open to things and and open to experiences. And uh, maybe, maybe that just kind of tunes us in a little bit more. I, I mean, you know, I, I, I would hope, I would think, but... You know, I, and these are spaces, at least specifically to theaters, where we are telling stories that involve so often like drawing in energies, the literal and figurative ghosts of the past. Like when you are having a ritual or conducting some sort of play, you know, a Shakespeare play, uh, Midsummer Night's Dream you are probably on some level channeling or drawing in these elemental spirits or whatever from beyond when you play, when you have Hamlet and you're talking about ghosts or Macbeth and you're, you know, you have the witches, like maybe you're actually stirring up that activity. Right. I mean, my, my leading theory for why ghosts love celebrities has always been open mind I think that if people have an open mind, um, sure. Like, I, I think, I think that that's a huge part of it. But then I also, I also think that like so many celebrities already, whether they realize it or not, believe in things that the likelihood are not, it's, it's the odds are stacked against you to think that you would become a movie star. And so if you have that mindset that, um, anything's possible, mm -hmm. you know, you kind of have to adopt that. And I feel like maybe that's a part of it too. I agree. And I, I also think there's a practical element to it or kind of a logistical element to it that when you are a celebrity, you tend to travel more so you're on the road a lot. Mm. You, if you're working on a, a it's in your, and you're staying in a lot of like 
hotels. So you're staying in locations where there's already said to be a lot of activity. You're, if you're an actor and you're on set, then you're staying in one location for several weeks at a time, a new different kind of location. And, you know, so you, like you're already kind of, you're, you're kind of laying the groundwork for being in locations that are said to be traditionally haunted. I, I think that that kind of adds to it as well. And, and, you know, I think for people say like, okay, how to, how do people that operate in the paranormal space seem to encounter so many things and so much phenomena? That's also kind of like the red Volkswagen bug idea of, you know, when you go looking for that thing and you're doing it so frequently, it increases your likelihood of perhaps encountering it. You know, I think that that, that plays into it as far as the paranormal side of it. But yeah, so I, I think, I, who knows? Who knows how it works? But that's those are some of uh, my my thoughts on it. And I, I agree with your thoughts on, you know, the, the famous people component too. Do you want to hear some EVPs? <laughs> sure. I didn't realize okay. I didn't realize you had some EVPs. Oh yeah, it's a segment we do. It's called EVPs or EV please. Oh, that's right. Yes, I do know this segment. Yeah. <laughs> so basically what I do is I find EVPs on YouTube. And I just like to listen to them. Um, it's almost like an audio version. Of, it's paranormal caught on uh, audio. <laughs> okay. It's kind of the sort of a thing. We just like to listen to them. I try to find ones that are pretty good. Um, and and then I'll have you guess what, what you hear. Oh, gosh. And then we'll I'm going to be so bad about more. this. I'm going to turn up the volume so I can hear this better. I mean, it's hard. Listen, I always give these people a benefit of the doubt. It's It's tough. Um, especially since we're doing this over zoom and, um, and I'm literally the way that I'm just going to hold my phone up to this. So it's not great. Um, but oops. Okay. This first one, it was posted by Boulder city paranormal and it is at the Cuchillo bar and hotel, which is in Cuchillo, New Mexico. And it is a place that opened in 1830 and, what is this ghost saying? Okay. I'm going to close my eyes as I listen, all right? Okay. I'll play it a few times. Was it loud enough? Uh, I heard something, but I didn't make out the specifics of the... Okay. We'll do it again. Would you like some options? Yes. Now, th okay. Which is totally going to make this... So subjective and yeah, but going yes, <laughs> it's fun. Um, okay, a, are you sure you know how to spit? B, the chair that I want to sit. C, I'll show you how to respect. Or D, Jay Leno is really great. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe okay. Ghost is a Jay Leno fan. I don't know. Um, okay, I'm playing it again. And now I'm hearing Jay Leno is great. <laughs> I know. That's Which would I be hear. just shocking for a ghost to say on so many levels. <laughs> imagine if you imagine if you had if you are on some other dimension or other side or whatever, and you can muster the energy, you can collectively gather some sort of energy to push forward enough to be recorded and heard on a device and the best thing you've got is to speak about uh, Jay Leno. I maybe they're a, a gearhead. Is that what they call it? A, a car person. I mean, uh... <laughs> although isn't Jay Leno? Wait, oh, there is probably connective tissue there. I mean, I think he uh, doesn't. Jay Leno have some sort of connection to the uh, the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado, uh, which also had like a, oh, a car he? thing. I don't know. I could just be pulling things out of my butt, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Wait, am I? Well, the correct answer is I'll show you how to respect. 
Okay, well, that was that Rich. was the least one that I got, but okay. Well, now that we know that, let's let's give it a listen. Okay, I completely hear it now that I yeah. know that. I'll show you how to respect. Well, the, it says that the investigator, asked, or he said, the investigator said, if I lived here in this city, I would not want to come have a drink in this rinky-dink bar. Dang. That's what the investigator said. And then the ghost said, I'll show you how to respect. Damn, you don't offend his bar. Yeah. Um, okay. Here, I, I mean, here's another one. Well, I just want to say that I'm on the ghost side on this one. I, I, I'll give that an EVP, right. please, by the way. Or no, wait, a, 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 or, wait, EVP, right? Wait. EVP, EVP. sure. I'll, I'll say, yeah, I um, hear something. So, yeah, I'll go EVP on that one. Definitely. And I mean, that's like part of the fun is like, we really, these are all guesses, even for the person that captured it. But, um, okay. The next one is from somebody named. Haunted stories. Okay. And it's at a place that you've been to, Virginia City, Nevada. Oh, damn. And I don't know. Damn it. I hope it doesn't say, and I just didn't write it down. But it's at a it's at a miner's cabin. I don't know if that's in a building. Um, but Virginia City, Nevada. Okay. What is this one saying? Okay. Okay, it's a little bit louder. I'll do it okay. again. Okay. Oh shit. I heard oh shit. That was me. Wait. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, one more time. Can I hear it one more time? Okay. I don't know. I thought I was hearing Triscuits. Triscuits? I mean, you know, they're tasty snacks. I don't know. I I swore I heard Triscuits, but do I have options on this one? Sure. Is it A, yep, I do. B, yeah, that's cute. C, yesterday. Or D, yabba-dabba-do. Okay. None of these well, involve a waffly cracker, uh, but no Triscuits. They do not. Or your beloved Cheez-Its. Uh, <laughs> okay, here we go. Wait, yep, it's great? That's a, yep, it's... Yep, I do is A. That, that one. Yep, I do. That is what they believe it says. Wait, let me play it again. I hear yeah. it. Well, they asked, they said, the ghost uh, hunter and paranormal investigator said, uh, they asked if if the ghost knows the Ghost Adventures crew since they had been there. Yeah. And the ghost apparently said, yep, I do. Yep, I do. <laughs> Yabba-dabba-do. Yep, I do. Okay, let's do one more thing real quick. I'm just going to ask... Um, I mean, you've talked to so many people, you've been to so many places, so it's, it will be interesting to hear what comes up. Uh, but I'll just list off some, some paranormal phenomena and tell me if a story comes up or a belief or, or nothing or what. Okay. Okay. So pretty loose rules here. Uh, I like it. What about Mothman? I see your hat has a Mothman. It does. What what is your relationship with Mothman? I don't like to brag, but he's a close personal friend. Oh yeah, yeah, we hang out together. Um, you know, Mothy and I. Yeah, so uh, no, I Mothy. Yeah, Moth, yeah. I mean, and he doesn't really like to be called that, but you know, it's like the thing that you say with your buddy. Does something horrible happen after you guys hang out together? Yeah, he stiffs me with the tab every single time. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I, I love I love the Mothman story, and I love uh, the Mothman Prophecies book was a book that I was keyed into at a, a young age, and I I really I really like the work of John Keel, even though there's some stuff about Keel that I I think is somewhat problematic, uh, but 
I liked his investigation. I love Mothman prophecies and I love the Mothman stories. I don't think Mothman is necessarily out there as often as other people seem to think he is, but uh, I think there's, you know, there's probably something to it. Do you think that it's, I mean, do you have any theory or anything of what it is? Do you think of it as a, a worldly creature of some sort? Is it an alien? Is it a demon? Do you, do you have any thoughts on that? I don't think demon. I don't think necessarily alien. I think it's, it's more, uh, a, a kind of interdimensional type of thing. I think it's, but I also think that it's something of a nexus point. It's, it's something that it, it seems to be popping up at, in locations where a lot of other things are happening, a lot of other phenomena are reported. So I think it's, it's, it fits in the other category. I also want to say that that movie, uh, this year was the 20th anniversary of that movie, I think in January. Uh, And not only is it a great movie, it's, it's very loosely uh, adapted. I can't speak very loosely adapted, but from the book, but great movie with, some of the best product placement ever where, you know, they get to say in the whispering Mothman voice, you know, what's in my hand? Chapstick. So, <laughs> so I need to rewatch that. God, I can't believe it's been 20 years. I probably saw, I saw it when it first came out on VHS. Oh my God. It, it came out in 2002. So it wasn't even VHS at that point. It was, uh, Oh, I guess it was DVD. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, what do you think? Okay. Have you had experiences with haunted dolls? I have. Yes. Well, I've been around a lot of haunted dolls. I will say I can, I think I can, I can claim this as the only person that's done this. I've had a full moon Halloween seance with Robert the doll in Key West, not just a full moon, but a blue moon. So the second full moon of the month on Halloween night with Robert the doll. Uh, and it was interesting, actually, and a Ouija board seance where we had a full room full of people playing on Ouija boards during this seance. So uh, it was really cool. I think the first of its kind and the only of its kind experiment And I think that Robert the doll gets sort of a bad rap as far as it being this evil doll. I don't think that the doll is evil. And I also don't think it's a good idea. The whole deal with Robert the doll, if you're not familiar, is that you have to ask permission before you take a photo with Robert the doll. And I'm very wary of granting permission or asking for permission from a doll uh, and seeding power, seeding control to um, an object or to phenomena. I think that's kind of a bad idea, but I think there's some interesting funky stuff going on around Robert the doll. And I really absolutely love his story. And I love the Fort East Martello museum where he is kept which i think is crazy haunted beyond robert the dawn i would encourage everyone to check it out you can actually go check out i think sloan's ghost adventures is the way to get tickets to uh the robert the doll experience but when you were with robert the doll did you feel that this is a haunted doll I felt like there was some some vibes, some stuff going on in the area. I don't know exactly what it was, but I think compared to, I think there's a lot of haunted doll stories out there. And what I find the most compelling about Robert the doll is it has a more verifiable factual history of the doll itself as far as being held by the uh, owned and uh, and valued by Eugene Otto, the artist of Key West, and his entire story and the lore of Robert the Doll, people saying it was haunted, is documented and goes back decades upon decades upon decades. Compared to some other haunted doll lore out there, I find it interesting because it's well-documented, very, very well-verified, 
So you don't have to believe in it, but you can at least respect that it's been uh, spoken about and covered. It's not just some sort of um, manufactured lore. Lanny's got a cute little outfit. I I wonder why there hasn't been a Robert the Doll horror horror movie. So there was an indie movie based uh, on Robert the Doll that I think it was sort of direct to DVD. I don't think it it really went anywhere, but I think that there will probably be attempts to tell the Robert the Doll story, and I think we're going to see that perhaps in unscripted formats in the coming months, just a speculation. Um, And I think there's more, you know, more out there to be told about Robert. It's a, it's a really, just, just even if you remove belief in the phenomena and paranormal phenomena, if you just look at the story of Robert, the doll and the people that, that kind of interacted with this doll, it's just fascinating. I mean, this, the story of this guy, Eugene Otto, the artist, this was a guy that was a contemporary of uh, the Truman Capotes and Ernest Hemingway's and all these big, larger than life characters that were moving about Key West at the same time. And he was this uh, actually very talented and gifted artist who then became overshadowed by the doll that he owned as a child and then continued to value to a creepy level as an adult. Oh my God. I need to look into that story more. There's something about, I feel like I was watching some ghost hunting show, probably a ghost adventure, something where they talked about Robert the doll and it freaked me out so much. And to the point where I was like, I'm not talking about it. I don't, I don't want to talk about it because it might hear me and then something bad will happen. Well, I, I will tell you, Roz, like if you ever want to go down to Key West and check out Robert the doll, I can help you make it happen. It would be well worth it. And in addition to meeting Robert, the, like I said, the Fort East Martello museum, I've had weird stuff happen in the Robert, the doll room. I've had weird kind of just vibes or whatever. I didn't feel threatened. I didn't feel scared or anything, but I do think there's interesting energy surrounding Robert, the doll, but in that museum, it's an old civil war fort or it's an old fort that was also in operation during the Civil War. You go around to certain locations, and there is this flotilla that uh, Cuban residents were on trying to make their way to Key West, and they unfortunately perished, but they were able to retrieve the the, uh, the raft or whatever and bring it into the fort. That has crazy energy surrounding it. There's other parts of that fort that... I I find so intense and intimidating and just really, really cool. And so I would say to anyone out there, yeah, if you go down to Key West, if you check out Robert the Doll, do it, but really spend some time exploring the rest of the four if you want a paranormal experience and want to learn about some history because it's crazy beyond that. And I do not get paid by the museum. I am not on staff or anything. I just, I really love it as a location. I think Key West is one of those locations that, again, there's this rich history. There's also, there's the indigenous people's history. And then there's the eccentricity and the embrace of weirdness that just is a thrumming part of the culture there. It, it, you know, creatives and everything are drawn down there. There's something about the place that, I think creates this interesting energy and vibe similar to uh, Portland, similar to New Orleans, similar to Austin, Texas, Savannah, you know, San Francisco, other places that have that kind of similar deal. So I think QS fits within that. My kind of place. Oh yeah. I love it. Well, listen, I could talk to you for a long time, but uh, we should probably wrap it up here. But and I want to come on your podcast and we can talk more. Yes, because I feel like we have a lot to talk about. Um, But you're welcome to come back again sometime, too. Uh, You've you've given us the goods today. (laughs) And so I so appreciate it. Um, But we should say goodbye. Can you please tell everybody where to find you and all your fun stuff going on? Well, I'm glad that we connected. I had just such a great time talking to you. And yes, we're going to be 
doing this again anytime you want, but also I'm going to bring you into my my web of uh, of content creation, uh, which I hate the word content, oh. uh, but we are uh, where you can find me is first off, I'm on Travel Channel and Discovery Plus on Paranormal Caught on Camera. We are now in the midst of our fifth season, which is airing, and we are already filming a sixth season. So check that out. And uh, you can also, I have launched a new podcast called Talking Strange, and that's part of the Den of Geek Network. And that's a paranormal pop culture show where we talk about entertainment and the entertainment of the unexplained which means uh, we talk to people like Reese Darby from Our Flag Means Death, who is also a big alien fan and ghost and, and a cryptid fan. We talk to the casts of some of the paranormal shows that everybody likes, such as Expedition Bigfoot and Kindred Spirits. And uh, I'm trying to think, oh, Harold Perrineau from From on Epics and Lost. We got him on there, David Dasmalshian. So a lot of celebrity interviewees talking about the paranormal and Roz is going to be joining us soon and adding to that illustrious lineup. So check me out on talking strange and also, Hey, hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, Facebook at Aaron Sagers. Give me a shout and, uh, and send me along your creepy stories. And if you just want to talk about movies, that's cool too. And comic books and superheroes, let's nerd out. So at Aaron Sagers across everything. Aaron Sager. Sag. See, it's because I can't say say, 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 gers. There you go. Sagers. Aaron Sagers. Thank you <laughs> for joining me today. Thank you so much, Ross. And I will talk to you real soon. <laughs> I look forward to it. Thank you. Thank you so much to Aaron. Thank you for listening. Please be subscribed to the show and rate it five stars wherever you can. Give me a ghost story. Send me some ghost stories. Write them out. You know, a couple paragraphs maybe. Not too long, but, you know, just a nice, a nice, good beginning, middle, and end kind of ghost story. I always appreciate it. Would love to read it on the show. If you want to be in a listener episode, you could send it to my Gmail, ghosted by Gmail, <laughs> ghosted by Roz at gmail.com, subject line listener episode. Or you could leave a story in a five star review or even the Facebook group called Ghosted by Roz Dresvelez. My Patreon is patreon.com slash Roz Dresvelez for my weekly podcast where I learn about paranormal activity. And there's um, all these links are in the description of this episode. If you like me and, you, and you're like, oh, I love Roz, but this is all too spooky, don't you worry. Go to my social media. It's not spooky at all. It's at Roz Hernandez on Instagram, at It's Roz Hernandez on uh, TikTok and Twitter. I will talk to you next week. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye. Starbanes Avenue, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.